this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Living by grace is a reality that is uh, found throughout the scriptures. And one of the most profound passages is found in Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to read a few of these verses, beginning at verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the desires of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I have heard over the years many common phrases that a lot of people use, and they even seem to live by them, and I'm sure they are familiar to you. Here are a couple. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Or, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And the final one I thought about is, we make money the old-fashioned way. We earn it. As I think about all of these different statements that people have heard and expressed throughout the years, it really is a message that says, you get what you earn in life. And for some people, living out that philosophy, they become really driven as individuals. And in some cases, it makes it very difficult to be able to relate to what God is actually offering to people. The reason for the difficulty is this, because God says that everything he does in our life, every blessing that we have received from him, is by grace. It is a free gift. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, By the grace of God, I am what I am. In other words, he's saying everything about who I am is the result of God's grace in my life. But many people struggle. What is their understanding of grace? Well, grace comes from the word which we often hear in Italian, which was originally in Latin. Grazia, which means gratitude. Uh, some of us are familiar that 
we have a prayer that we say before we eat a meal. And people say, would you offer the grace? It's a prayer of actually gratitude or thanksgiving. So I would suggest that grace is God's love towards us in action. God is giving to me what I need, but it's not necessarily what I deserve. And so it's the unmerited favor of God expressed to us. But there's a difference between grace and mercy. Grace is this. When God gives to me what I don't actually deserve. And that can be expressed in the many blessings of life that we have been given by God. On the other hand, mercy is when God doesn't give to me what I actually deserve, which could be punishment or even judgment. So I thought this morning or this afternoon or whenever you are listening, I would use an acrostic to explain this concept of living by grace. I'm thinking back to a story that I heard of a professor who was addressing a group of students at Yale University, and he decided to use an acrostic as well. And so he took the word Yale, and for each letter he had a speech. So for Y, it was talking about youth attending the institution, for A, it was their attitude towards education and learning. L was for about loyalty. And finally, E was about enthusiasm. He spoke for about 20 minutes on each of those letters. And at the end of his talk, when he gathered around some students, he said to one student in particular, so what did you think about my lecture and the use of the acrostic? And the student simply said, I'm really glad that I didn't go to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. We would be here forever if you took each letter. Well, I'm not going to keep you here forever. There's only five letters in the word grace. So what is grace? Let me suggest first and foremost that grace is is God's gift to me. If you were to ask people, how do you enter into a relationship with God? Or ultimately, how do you get to heaven? Most would say, well, I try to do my best. Or I try to be nice to other people. Or I am sincere in what I do. I just try to be good and work hard might be actually hard to believe, but years ago, in a conversation with a woman, I asked her how did she believe that she would enter into a relationship with God, or how did she have certainty that she would be with God in heaven? And she said to me, well, to be very honest with you, I believe that I will be with God because I never left my children with a babysitter. Now, as hard as that is to believe, that was her honest answer that she gave to me. You see, most people think I'm going to be in a relationship with God by being a pretty good person, or I'm going to be a good person. But the question is, how good 
is good enough. You can't be good enough to go to a perfect place because the Bible says the exact opposite thing. You can never earn your way into a relationship with God. It is God's gift. It is by God's grace. Paul wrote these words in Romans 3. All of us need to be made right with God by his grace, which is a free gift through Jesus Christ. This is one of the basic differences between Christianity and other world religions. Other world religions can be summarized by the word do. I do everything to please God and to merit his favor. I'm working hard to earn God's approval. And if I do enough, God will say to me, okay. But if I was to summarize Christianity, it would not be the word do, it would be the word done. That the penalty for our sins has been paid. And when Jesus died on the cross, you might remember his final words where, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. But he said, it is finished. So what is finished? Well, in the Old Testament, they would offer sacrifices every year for the sins of the people. But it have to be repeated year after year after year because they were looking for the perfect sacrifice that would atone or pay the price for the sins of humankind. And they were looking for the perfect sacrifice. The writer in the book of Hebrews wrote these words, which are quite amazing. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, which is referring to Jesus as our high priest, offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. So Jesus offered his life as the perfect sacrifice for all the sins of humankind. And then he sat down, which was a physical expression implying it is complete, it is finished, and nothing else has to be done ever again. You see, this is God's free gift for you and for me. It is God's love coming to us with absolutely no strings attached. But you see, that goes against almost every human instinct. We think there's no such thing as a free lunch. We have to earn it. We don't deserve it. Yet God says his love and forgiveness to us is unconditional and free to us. But the second thing is, it is received by faith. We can't earn it and we can't work for it. That's what the Apostle Paul said in the reading that we just heard a few moments ago. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, 
not by works, so that no one can boast. Can you imagine how miserable it would be if we're all gathered together in God's presence in heaven and everyone is bragging to everyone else about how they got there? Look at what I did. Look at what I have accomplished. Look at the good life I have lived. Have you ever been with someone who is constantly bragging about themselves? It becomes so irritating and nauseous. Here's the point that Paul said in Romans 4. People receive God's promise, which is of salvation, by having faith. This happens so the promise can be a free gift. So the promise of salvation is not based upon my performance or how well I have done. It's based upon God's grace. And the Bible says, this is the free gift that God offers to you. As you read the scriptures, there are many amazing stories of grace. One of my favorites comes in the Old Testament about a young man whose name was Mephibosheth. Now, I know parents love to choose names for their children. Why in the world would they give that kind of a name to a child? But that's another story. The story of Mephibosheth, I can hardly pronounce his name. The story of Mephibosheth was that he was the son of Jonathan, a prince of Israel. He was one of the sons of King Saul, the first king of Israel. And Jonathan and David became the best of friends. It's interesting that King Saul became threatened by this young man, David, who was only loyal to him. But he became so threatened that he sought David's life. But David and Jonathan, it says, their souls were knit together. They were the best of friends. And they actually took an oath of loyalty to one another. Tragically, Jonathan and his father Saul died in a battle. And the family fled in fear because David became the next king and they wondered, would he seek revenge on them? Mephibosheth, as a young child, was being carried by his nurse and somehow she either slipped or fell, but this young baby was dropped from her arms, and he suffered permanent injury in that he was crippled for the rest of his life. When David became king, he asked this question, Is there anyone left of Saul's family whom I can care for? And they said, The only one left is this man called Mephibosheth, who is a cripple. And David said, Bring him to me. And Mephibosheth was brought to David, and he was concerned, what's going to happen to me? And David said to him, Mephibosheth, for the rest of your days, you can live in the royal palace. You are part of my family. And he loved him and cared for him. That is grace. You know, when God looks at us, he sees us as broken and disabled in life. And he is saying to all of us, come to my family, sit at my table, 
be my son, be my daughter. That is God's gift of grace. But here's the wonderful thing. Grace is available to everyone. That means God doesn't play favorites. Regardless of your background, your status, your race, or your beliefs, you can be loved unconditionally and that his grace is available to you and it's available to me. Have you ever wondered why the Jewish people were called the chosen people? It's not that they were loved more by God. It's not that they were the greatest nation on the face of the earth. They were chosen for a purpose. And the purpose was they were, as a collective people, to share the message of God's grace to everyone. And obviously it happened because the message of God's grace is available today for all people. We as the church are now the spiritual Israel of God. And part of our message is to continually share the message of God's grace to all people. Paul writes these words in Romans 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no quotas. Grace is not just for smart people. It's not just for religious people. It's for everyone who will call upon the Lord. They will experience his grace. But this grace comes only through Christ. That's the only place that grace is available. So why Jesus? And why not somebody else? Because Jesus was the only one who could pay the penalty for our sin. No one else volunteered, and no one else had lived a pure and sinless life to be that perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins. You see, grace is free, but it's not cheap. Somebody obviously had to pay for what we have done in our life. But that's how much God has loved each one of us. And so we read in Romans 5, At the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And those who accept God's grace and forgiveness are referred to as being in Christ. God's grace is available to us, and when we receive it, we are in Christ. Now, what does that actually look like? You see this piece of paper. That can represent my life. And you see this Bible. That represents the life of Jesus. When I receive God's grace, what happens is this. I am now in Christ. So when God looks at me, he sees me through the perfect life of Jesus. When I accept the gift of salvation through Jesus, 
that's when I become in Christ. And so as we are living our life in Christ, God is transforming and changing our lives day by day. You believe that? Here's what Peter wrote. He said, His divine power, or God's divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. There's only one way that we can receive God's grace, and that is through Jesus. So invite him into your life. God will never love you any more than he loves you right now. Because it's not based on getting your act together. It's not based upon how well you perform. But it's based upon his grace that he extends towards you. But here's the best thing. His grace will be extended forever or throughout eternity. The Apostle Paul wrote, The gift of God is eternal life. If I understand the word eternal correctly, it means it goes on forever and ever. And that's why as Christians we can believe that the best is yet to come. We don't need to be afraid of death. One day we will be with the Lord in heaven. And what will that be like? Well, we will be reunited with those who have accepted God's grace. It will be a place of great reward for our faithfulness as we live out our life day by day. It will also be a place of release. There will be no more pain or suffering or sorrow or loneliness. All these things will be gone. And all of this is a gift from God. But the catch is, I have to receive it. It's just as if I was going to offer you a gift. Perhaps I would say, let me offer you uh, the gift that I have in my hand of this pen. You have to believe that I am genuine, but for that to be yours, you have to reach out and receive it. And that is the same with God's gift of grace. Some of you might be familiar with the name Peter Drucker. He was the father of American management. And one day someone asked him, Peter, how did you become a Christ follower? And he said this, When someone explained to me the gift of grace, I knew I would never get a better deal. And I took it. You see, some people think, well, I can't come because my life is too messed up. I've got to get my act together. Do you hear what you're saying? You are trying to work at receiving God's gift of grace. Grace, as offered by Jesus, is simply this. Come as you are. There was a woman who was caught in adultery. She had had many husbands. And Jesus offered to her the gift of grace. And he said to her, You can't do anything to earn this. Just come. 
He said, I don't condemn you anymore. Go and sin no more. I love these words from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Grace implies that I accept this gift that God offers. Does it mean that I keep on living as I have in the past? No, because I have been a gift receiver. Jesus said to the woman, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. There's a new life. And part of the evidence that we are living out of grace is that we have become gracious in our relationships with others. God's gift of grace is available right now. I don't believe today that you are listening just by chance. God has a moment for you, if you've never experienced it, to receive His love and His grace. What are you waiting for? You will never get a better deal in your whole life. And it's simply by saying, Jesus, will you come in to my life and give me the forgiveness of my past and the possibilities of every day living with you? I receive your grace. It is the beginning of a new life that will never end. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you offer to us your incredible love and forgiveness. And we receive it just by faith, by trusting in you alone. And now enable us to live every day as recipients of grace, being grateful for every good gift that comes from your hand and expressing that gratitude towards others. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you always and grant you his grace this day and evermore. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi again, this is Leah. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. 
Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.